Hello, welcome to Hearsay podcast number 13. My guest today is my dear friend Scott Edgar. Scott is one third of the comedy music group Tripod. He's also a very clever artist. He actually did the first ever drawing for this Hearsay podcast, the one for Kwan Yeomans, uh, where everything broke on stage on live television. It's a great drawing and I, I really hope he does some more drawings for this podcast soon. Uh, Scott's Bizarre Show story is illustrated by my friend Sandy Darling. You can see more of her awesome artwork at Sandy Darling Creative on Instagram. That's Sandy with an I, not with a Y. Uh, enjoy today's podcast. It's TSA number 13, Scott Edgar. friend i'm good i'm good i'm sitting in my kitchen um nice uh, so so that explains the sort of slightly bathroomy sound you'll probably be getting because um, <laughs> you know australian housing crisis you know i've got a good job and yep. i still can't afford a podcast room <laughs> yeah mind. i've got to sit in this little room too i'm way at the end of my little flat my my daughter's asleep <laughs> at the other end so we'll see how we go hopefully we don't wake her up uh, I doubt. I doubt she's gone to sleep yet. Anyway, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, good. I feel like I just talked to you yesterday because I listened to your tripod podcast. Oh yes. Which one? Yesterday. Which one was it? The latest one about money. Oh yeah. I don't want to say I'm your biggest fan, but I, I do listen to your podcast immediately when it comes out. I sort of. Want, I sort of want you to be our biggest fan. That'd be a really cool biggest fan to have. I don't have any tripod tattoos or anything. All right, well that then you um, then you're way down the list. I think I think you're about sixth. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think the biggest tripod fan is? Maybe don't name names, but what do, what do they do to show their devotion? Ah, uh, they've been a number of tattoos, which is which is amazing and lovely. What what kind? Like what? Just the name or? Oh, uh, one person got the logo, which was kind of sobering in a way because. Um, I, you know, I, I designed many years ago and then Yoni sort of laid it up with his very poor illustrator skills back then. Um, <laughs> so what it came out with is kind of this odd kind of melange. And, and it, anyway, it felt like some serious responsibility, like sh- shivers, man. Yeah. I, I often think of, um, there's a quote by Matt Groening. Groening? Gr- Groening? Is that his name? The guy Groening. who... Groening. Yeah. Invented Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah, so he kind of said... You know, it's a, it's our job to put stuff out there that's kind of worthy of, you know, of of people's devotion or of people's mythology. You know, to try and yeah, sort right. of be worthy of that. And that, I think that's a good little that comes up. So when someone comes up with a tattoo, you kind of that, you know, it's a real illustration. Of that. Another another tattoo we got was um, this chick. We did this song right, and, and it was really dumb. And it was when we had to write. Um, credit music for Skid Ass years ago, like sketch comedy, right? Yeah, and your comedy we, show. Yeah, and we did this song about um, if I had a tattoo, I would uh, I would get one of the alphabet and I wouldn't get your name, 
but I would get one of the alphabet and circle the letters that I needed, right? So, like, <laughs> it's about fear of commitment, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, so this woman gets the tattoo of the alphabet and comes up and shows us which which word she circled that day. I don't think she tattooed the circles on, but I so I think she still left. Oh, I was going to say, did she circle all your name letters? I don't. That would <laughs> be know. amazing. <laughs> That was cool. It was a cool tattoo. And also, that is know, a cool tattoo. Yeah, so the logo's shown up on a few people. Um, yeah. with, there's a woman now that comes to shows and she's a, an animator, kind of a, an artist. She does beautiful um, like little cl- sort of clay sculptures, like, like model, oh. really beautiful kind of models of like wow. characters of from our guys? songs and stuff. Not oh. so much us, but like she did this set of characters from the um, Tripod versus the Dragon play and she's done right. this one character in one of our songs called the Visor King. So there's a little sort of model of him, really beautiful. That's yeah, awesome. It's so, yeah, it's so cool. I mean, you know, I hope they get back out of it what they hope for. <laughs> it's hard to know with tattoos. I, but I, I think that in the end they just become part of your body part of your skin and you don't really think about what they mean all the time yeah that's true um, that's true but it is nice that that you inspired someone to do that that's lovely it's really cool one 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 um lady once did um wool, these beautiful woolen dolls of oh. characters from of of us and of alana who we were touring with at the time alana stone yeah. and of characters from the play we were doing together um, That's amazing. Beautiful things, and then and then she sort of stopped coming, and she had gotten married, and you know had a kid, and moved on in her life. Like you see a bit of that. You see you see people sort of go through a phase of being really into it, and then life moves on. It's really nice. And then sometimes, I don't want to say I'm old or anything, but then sometimes <laughs> they come back to the show with their kid that they've had. Aww. Like one time, these young people met at a tripod show, went off, got married, had kids. Come back with the kids. That's amazing. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah, it's pretty nice. That, that makes you feel a bit old, though, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not complaining or anything. There's a lot of people that come to regurgitator shows that say, like, my brother used to love you. Yes. And yes. you kind of don't know how to take I mean, I'm pretty good at distancing myself from it because I haven't been in the band that long, but... Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure what I often think that Quan and Ben might think is, well, what, like, what does he think now? <laughs> <laughs> does yeah, he I still got, like Regurgitator now? Totally, totally. I, I got <laughs> once, my mum used to like you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so that's like, you're not only you're old, but <laughs> m- mum used to like you. Yeah, exactly. My brother used to like you was such a weird thing to say. But I, you maybe know, the brother's dead. May or oh, maybe it could be that. But you know, like I think in the end, it probably like I don't think Quan and Ben care, and I'm sure you know you guys probably just go, oh, that's really nice. It's not actually. Yeah, like no, a, it's fine. It's not offensive. There's but other it is things. A weird thing when you think about it further. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's when you overthink look. things, like we are known to do. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> Are you obsessive? Do you think you're an obsessive person? Yeah. Yeah? Me too. I think I've been obsessive for a long time and I don't know if I've talked about this on my podcast, but I've definitely I wrote a um a part of my women of letters letter was about yeah. this. 
um, about that I was obsessed with John Lennon when I was younger. Oh uh, yeah. To the to the point where I slept uh, with an open like an open book. There's a page of him. Like a full page A3 photo and he was leaning up against a tree and I oh. slept with it like this open book next to my bed from when I was about seven till I was about ten. Oh, that is hilarious. And, and I was like, I'm going to marry him and and then eventually my dad had to sit me down and say, you're like, John Lennon actually died before you were born. Oh, <laughs> no! You didn't know he was... Oh, my god. No, goodness. I didn't know he was dead because I didn't really know how to read English properly yet. Yeah, I was just sort of, of learning course. English at the time. It was a German Beatles book, but I didn't oh. really know how to read either language. Um, but yeah, I, di- I didn't really know he's dead. And then when my dad told me that, I, I cried for like two weeks. That's a, that's a pretty cool musician to be that into at that young of an age. So. Yeah, but it's really like, it's kind of really creepy. And I've often thought like, <laughs> why? I, I never really realize where that came from you know like that obsessive behavior i know it happens a lot with teenage girls and stuff yeah. obviously but yeah yeah i yeah. was like majorly obsessed with john lennon it's definitely part of being an artist i think maybe well a lot of people Who, anyway, what have you been obsessed with <laughs> um other than people over the years um mm-hmm. just yeah pretty much whatever i'm working on it's like a, you know, it's like a crossword that's just constantly ticking away in the back of your your mind, especially when you're early on in kind of writing something or trying to kind of make something. That you could be watching the project or whatever, and suddenly you just, oh, that's how that thing is gonna fit together, or oh yeah, right, that's how that would work. <laughs> and it's just like this puzzle that your brain's always kind of working on. I reckon our our um. Now, when I was at school, we got told, a great piece of advice, right? With your exams, read the whole exam paper and then and then start. Go back to the start and start. Because later on, three quarters of the way through, if you, you know, if you get to a question you didn't know really the first time you read it through, your brain has been just quietly kind of working away on that, even though you haven't been thinking yeah. about it. So by the time the second time you get around to it, it, you sort of can find a way into it a, a bit differently. Yeah, right. So I like try and let that happen as much as possible, which is a really good excuse for just being as lazy as possible <laughs> as much of the time. I'm absorbing all this shit, guys. It's happening, That's man. all I'm it's, doing. It's back there. It's going on. It's out of my, it's out of my hands. <laughs> Do you think that's... Um that's a major thing for musicians and possibly I imagine it would be pretty full on for comedians to yeah. have to to have to be on all the time to you know to write down everything you think of yeah it might be useful yeah that was when we were working on skid house and uh, the sketch show um it was really like that because you would you would rock up on a monday morning and you'd have to read out your sketches for the you know for the week and act them out and you know the ones that people liked would get filmed and stuff so there was you know there was pressure to kind of show yeah. up and so the whole time you're just looking around, you're going, is that funny? Is that funny? Maybe I could, yeah. maybe I could use that. Maybe if I change that to a turnip. <laughs> Do you think that's what Monty Python did? Oh, there's a gr- I was just thinking about Monty Python because there's a great um, anecdote about those guys because they used to pair off, right? So John, John Cleese to and... To write, yeah. And J- John Cleese and Graham Chapman were, um, were a pair and... 
you know, the, the parrot sketch, right? Yeah, I love it. So it was originally, it's John Cleese doing all this work, going, um, you know, writing this amazing, wordy, beautiful, gorgeously crafted sketch about a guy who goes back into a toaster shop because his toaster doesn't oh. work anymore. Okay. And, and, that's, and so he writes the whole thing. And Graham Chapman's like smoking a pipe and just drinking. <laughs> and his contribution are the four words, make it a parrot. <laughs> <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah isn't it that's, that's just so like great. and that would be so infuriating for John Cleese <laughs> yeah I can relate by the way <laughs> I'm, I, I'm in a band with two make it a parrot guys <laughs> I love those make it a parrot guys though. the make it a parrot they... guys are crucial <laughs> do you think you're the John Cleese in the group <laughs> I am pretty bad tempered and uptight <laughs> not that tall <laughs> no, no. Um, that's a good segue into. I've, I don't think I've ever asked you this, but do you have any comedy heroes? I know some of your musical heroes, but do you have? Co- I don't really know how to talk about comedy, so I'm yeah. going to ask well, you some broad me questions. We'll, we'll work it out together. <laughs> um, do you have any comedy heroes? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I probably do. I, I used to love Jerry Lewis so much that my father used to call me Jerry around the house. Oh. Um, Did you watch his movies and stuff? Yeah, it was the movies because, yeah, yeah, they used to be on on a Sunday afternoon, him and Dean Martin. Yeah. And I just thought he was just the funniest dude I'd ever heard of. I mean, that was amazing. Also, we used to watch Kenny Everett. Do you remember Kenny Everett? I know that, yeah, I don't really... I wasn't allowed to watch TV when I was little because I went to a Steiner school, so I think oh. I missed a lot of... Oh, that explains sort of, John Lennon. I think it probably <laughs> explains a lot more than you think. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, I, I know who he is, yeah. Yeah, so Kenny Everett and, uh, you know, this is when I'm a kid. I was just, I was just gasping, uh, you know. The, your capacity for laughing your ass off is just enormous at that age. Yeah. I used to love... Um, Hey Hey too. Hey Hey was just part of my weekly ritual. We, I just couldn't Aww. believe what I was seeing. You know, that was live television, um, you know, unfolding in front of you and, and <laughs> in all its awful glory. It was, you know, fantastic. Um, and then later on, when, we, when Tripod started up, I, it's got to have, I, you know, you've got to say um, uh, Lane Woodley and the Doug Anthony All-Stars. I mean, they were, you know, like really... At, for the first 10 years, even to now, really, we're just a, we're really just a mixture of that, you know, like a conglomeration of those two. Yeah, they that are was, they Australian were just ubiquitous. geniuses. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, um, Comedy geniuses. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't get into it because I saw comedians and went, I want to do that, though. That's it's not how... Like, I didn't have heroes in that way. Like, I didn't see anyone... And, and go, yeah, that's that's for me. It just sort of, it came out of wanting to, you know, the that's for me moment was like we, I was in this band called Heck, which, which rehearsed <laughs> a bunch of times. Yeah. And there were three lead guitarists, of which I was one. I wow. was 18 and terrible on the guitar, crucially. <laughs> so I got kicked out of that band um, after at a band meeting suggesting we do some Ricky Lee Jones. Oh, um, no. Yeah, no, no. You don't want to be in that band. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> I'm over it. But whilst hanging out with those guys who were way older than me, I think they were teachers or something, um, oh. 
That makes we it even went weirder. To, yeah, <laughs> it was a bit weird. We <laughs> went to this suburban bar Saturday night. Two guys. They were called Dean and Carruthers. They were. They had acoustic guitars. They were great singers, great acoustic guitar players, and they were doing covers, right? Just hammering it, right? In a yeah. room that was pumping. And you know, this was probably. I'd say the early, very early 90s, I suppose. Okay. So there were heaps of gigs around, right? Cover gigs, whatever. And um, they were just, they, it was just such a great night. I had such a great night. <laughs> just, <laughs> and it just looked so fun it. what they were doing and singing harmonies and a great, you know, a room full of people having a great time and doing stupid Neil Diamond covers and, you know, like really. Yeah, right. I, so I was in a musical at the time with with... This guy, Carlos, uh, we were doing Man of La Mancha, and um, Carlos was a beautiful singer, it still is, and, and I said to him, hey, do you want to do a thing where we do harmonies and covers and maybe we could busk, you know, acoustic, yeah. I got an acoustic guitar, and, um, and uh, Carlos said yes, and then from behind me I heard someone go, that sounds great, and I looked around and Yoni, who I'm still in the band with, um, yeah was just sitting there and I hadn't realised he was even there but he thought I was pitching it to everyone in the room do you know what I mean so like I just suddenly accidentally ended up in a band with Yon because of a misunderstanding that's great and what what happened to Carlo (laughs) well he was we played heaps of gigs throughout the early 90s at at pubs like the commercial hotel over in Yarraville we used to play there a lot and heaps of like open like we would open for bands like um party bands like Miss Dorothy's Fools in Love and, and Relax with Max and stuff uh, with our, you know, three-part harmony sort of Bowie covers. Um, and and that, was, that, f- that was you, Carlos and Yoni. Yeah, us three. Okay. And, and, um, so, but then Carlos went to WAPA to pursue musical theatre and so he's done okay. a lot of that and he's, he's got a few, um, you know, a bunch of projects like cabaret sort of things here in, uh, yeah. here in Melbourne. So, yeah, no, he's still around. He's... Yeah, right. Awesome, dude. Yeah. And so but, you started off doing covers. Was, yeah. Was any of it, like, did you have, like, comedic banter or anything? Or was it just, like, straight covers? No, it was pretty comedic. It was just really, it was kind of stupid. Like, we, we would go between trying to seem serious and being ridiculous anyway and okay. deliberately being ridiculous. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of, yeah, we just used to muck around. You know, and and the harmonies were always a big part of it. Like Yoni and Carlos are just amazing singers, and yeah. Yoni's got an incredible ear for harmony. He he spent all this time in in the National Boys Choir, so right. yeah. So that was always there. Like the singing part of it was always pretty strong, uh, I think. So we, we kind of could be a bit stupid with the rest of it. Do you know what I mean? Because it kind of had a yeah, hook. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we did that for, for years. Really, when Gatesy joined, which was like 96, 97, it was still covers, pretty much. Um, our first comedy festival show was still covers. And that, this was at a time ah. when Bob Down was doing that kind of thing as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. People, people were doing that. it. It sort of fell into that you know, grey area of cabaret, comedy, whatever, which is an area we've always loved to be in. Um, I think it I was, was allowed really to watch TV at that point, so I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that that scene. Can I go back to what? Did you have guitar lessons? Oh shit! Do I do I sound like I had guitar lessons? Well, I I've always thought you're a really amazing guitarist. Oh, I think both you and sweet. Gatesy are both really great, actually. I think most um, of my guitar lessons have been off Gatesy, to be honest. Oh really? <laughs> 
You know it's heaps really... of chords that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I always think that about both of you. I'm like, ooh, that's a <laughs> that's yeah, like well, a really interesting. Does it really help? Chord. Does it really help? Gonna <laughs> 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 be done with taste anyway. Um, well, in, in grade four, the teacher came into the class um, and said, "Do you want?" Who, you know, hand up if you want guitar lessons. And I re- honestly remember thinking to myself, that will impress girls. I'm yeah. going to put my hand up. So um, <laughs> that started about a year of trying to learn Hang Down Your Head Tom Dooley <laughs> out of the Folk Guitar for Beginners book. I thought you were going to say Hang Down Your Head Tom Waits. And I was like, that's amazing. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. Too, too many chords in that song. Um, <laughs> no, this one's Tom Dooley. This was C and G. And I, right. I just, I don't know, I kind of really wanted to be like this awesome guitar player. And, and this wasn't doing it for me. I, I wasn't an awesome right. guitar player yet. So I quit yeah, doing right. that. I lost interest pretty quick. Um, and then my stepbrother came and stayed with us. An older dude, you know, good record collection, cool guy, bit of a hero. So, yeah. um, and he played guitar. So he showed me a few chords and a few little scales and tricks. And, and that was kind of enough motivation and enough basic information to start kind of piecing it together myself, really. Right. What, what kind all. of music were you listening to at the time? Well, the music you're given in the, in the, um, in the um, eastern suburbs of Melbourne in the 80s. So <laughs> Billy Joel. Yeah. A lot of Billy Joel, which, awesome. I mean... You know, yeah. I've got a Billy Joel chart on my piano right now. I just love it. It's it's oh. still good. I mean, although my friend Casey Bonetto kind of wrecked Billy Joel for me by pointing Why? out, well, a very good point, um, typically, um, is that Billy Joel shows what's, what you know, you're kind of going, he's got it all, he's so great, but what's missing, you know? Uh, you know, in terms of that classic songwriting sort of stuff. And... It's in case he's like, yeah, the vulnerability, that's what's missing. He's never, yeah. he's never, oh, I've done the wrong thing. I'm sorry. I hate myself. It's never yeah. any of that. He's always just like sitting outside and commenting on kind of other people or being kind of, you know, the, the sort of the observer outside. So, yeah. So thanks. Thanks, Case. I can't quite I feel listen like to there's a lot of people, though, that don't have that. There's, I mean, I think a lot of pop stars don't have that vulnerability. That's a good point. That's a good point. And I, I don't know why. I mean, I guess that's it's cool for kids to go. Well, I want to be like that because that person has no weakness. But yeah. I think for grown-ups, you do really look for that. Like, totally. well, how can I relate to them? And I have a lot of vulnerabilities. How yeah. Can, like, how how are they like me? Yeah. <laughs> but also, as a grown-up, you can. I just listen to pop music and go, oh, for fuck's, sake. you know, oh, for goodness' yeah. sake, like that, that Justin Bieber <laughs> song about I'm sorry. It's so passive aggressive. You just want to slap him. Like you just come on, dude. You can't even just listen. Just listen to people. <laughs> Have some humility. Stop trying yeah. to win all the time. Fucking. Having hell. said that, I do kind of like that song. <laughs> yeah, it's a good tune. But it's got a good groove. No, it's a but, good um, tune. No question. I never say the word groove. It's weird. <laughs> Sometimes things come out when I'm talking on my podcast, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, what, I don't know how that just happened. She does say groove, listeners. She says it all the time. All the time. <laughs> well, I, I said it in, a, in the spod one. Oh, yeah. But I'm pretty sure he brought it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's all right then. Um, 
I really want to talk about the first time that we met briefly. Yes, I was hoping and we'd cover this. Half in code because I don't want to incriminate anyone. Why don't you start? But, okay, so my memory of, of the night or yeah. the, the thing yeah. was... <laughs> I think um, you're allowed to say whether it was night or day. I don't think anyone it gets was incriminated <laughs> by that. It was night. Yeah. And you had just played a show, and afterwards um, we went back to uh, to a, a hotel room, room a hotel with room. like a bunch. Yeah, it was a hotel room yeah. with a. It was a, like a big party happening, and yeah. we were and you and I instantly started talking about really nerdy shit. And we were like, <laughs> oh, <this is." laughs> I think we started talking about monophonic synthesis. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. Um, and w- I think we, I probably talked a year off for about 20 minutes. And, but you, I, f- I feel like you were interested. I'd no, like I was to remember it. it that way. No, I was pretty into it. No, I remember my interest in monophonic synthesis back then. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so we were sitting out on the balcony yeah. uh, with Gate, Gatesy and, and his girlfriend. And, mm-hmm. we, uh, and then the four of us looked inside. But I, mean, I, don't even, I think Gatesy and his girlfriend were like in another zone. We were in the yeah. synth zone. Yeah. They were in a different zone. Yeah, that sounds and right. Then, and then uh, you and I looked in the room and everyone was gone. Yeah. And we were like... What yep. the fuck? Where did everyone go? <laughs> and then slowly but surely everyone started filing one by one yeah. out of the bathroom. And yeah. we were like, oh. Yeah. Okay. I find um, that with that pastime, <laughs> I'm often the one who doesn't get invited into the bathroom. I think that's really what bonded us, Saya. I know. I, th- I think like, we were oh, both like, okay. It's happened and then again. I, I, I remember <laughs> saying to you, do I look like someone who takes drugs? And you were like, honestly, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like, "Do I know you've only just met me, but do I look like someone who takes drugs? I'm like, nah. <laughs> we were like, well, that explains why everyone disappeared. What were we doing wrong? I, you know, talking about monophonic yeah, synthesis, that, I that, believe. <laughs> <laughs> you just live on. They're on their own planet. Maybe everyone else was just trying to catch up. <laughs> I do recall that very fondly. That was a fun night, except for that, except for being excluded. I no, in... I like that we were excluded. I felt like that was a real bonding moment for us. It was. It was. That that's we've true. We've been friends ever since. That's true. What's a short-term high? Against years of friendship, so exactly. What's feeling like exactly. one of the cool people at the party against years of friendship? Exactly. Okay, so I'm going to try and talk about comedy. Sure, do it. I'm listening. I'm all ears. It's the comedy festival right now. I know, and you know, I always, I try to always watch the gala. Mm. Um, uh, I've missed it for a few years, but I watched it the other night. You went on it. No, we weren't. We we're not doing anything this year. In the, oh. in the festival. Well, we're doing a few guesties on, on some benefits and stuff, but that's it. Which is fine. It's been like 20 festivals or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. I know you're always doing stuff. Yeah, you fe- how are your feelings about it? You're feeling all right? You're feeling excluded? No, I'm kind of not. Like, I, you know, I've, I feel like I've had my say. Like, if we, you know, if we do another show, we'll do another festival, but I'm happy to take a, you know, bloody take a, a year off. That's fine. Um, you know, and, and it are is you different. officially taking a year off? Uh, 
Oh no 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 no! Just I mean a festival off. We we you know there's stuff on. Oh I see. But um, yeah, okay. uh, not a whole. It's not a sabbatical. Not an official sabbatical. Although we haven't <laughs> done much with each other for the last. It's probably been four or five months where we've been doing anything intensive, which is okay. nice. You know, it's just Except like for the podcast. The pod. There's the pod. The, well, that's why why the podcast is fun. We get to like hang out and not uh, having yeah. hung out for you know seven hours a day for the previous week you know we actually yeah. get together and chat it's just kind of weird yeah it's i mean it's super weird being it you know as you'd know like on tour and in a band so closely with people because yeah. it's like this yeah it's a kind of real it's a real pressure cooker it's really it's really nice to kind of step away from it for a bit yeah you well know? yeah the last thing you want to do is hang out yeah. every day after tour yeah totally totally um so I just need to say quickly, because yeah. I always forget to plug things. Your yeah. podcast is called Perfectly Good Podcast. Yes, yes. Um, and you're up to season two. We're up to season and two. I've been really enjoying it. And it's basically you guys uh, talking about certain themes and then playing songs to that theme. Yeah. I mean, it started as a, um, uh, I guess you would say a marketing tool for the um book that we put out last year which was a yes. song book of 101 of our songs and we would do a few songs from the book and talk about it for, for but it just sort of morphed into this thing that we want to keep doing what happens you when know? you run out of songs well that's the question once we get to the end of the song book is that it we just close the book and that's it i don't know mm. well, well, imagine that 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 might be quite <laughs> symbolic yeah who's to say who's to say maybe maybe what when we get to the end of the songbook, it's time to start writing some new songs. <laughs> <laughs> and and to like three per theme, and then keep doing the podcast purely to play those songs. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a great business plan. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna start having to get sponsors and stuff. So you yeah, some money. Damn straight we are. <laughs> How do you good. even get sponsors? I feel like every podcast I listen to has sponsors. I don't know. I mean. You know, I, I listen to a lot of like American ones, and it's all this. It's like seems yeah, like the same, th- the same three people sponsoring everyone. Squarespace, Loganitas Brewing, uh, <laughs> and Blue Apron. Blue Apron. Yeah, <laughs> we're giving them free plugs. See, this is not how you get sponsorship. <laughs> this is not how. <laughs> this is not how. It's good to know what not to do. <laughs> I um, I just finished listening to S Town today. Have you? Oh to my yet? god, that is insane. So S Town is amazing. It's so oh, good. You could just look, listen to these people talk. The beautiful, even just the accents of the, of the people yeah, involved. Yeah, the southern accent. Oh, yeah. gorgeous, and the and the sort of I know. quote unquote lead character. He's just. He's just a poetry in motion. Yeah, it's yeah. fascinating. I love it so much. Yeah, we can't give too much away. Cause no. In case people haven't heard it. It's but really it's... hard to talk about. Although you can probably say that it, start, it sort of starts <laughs> as a true crime. Like, yeah. it, you know, the, 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 one of the makers of, of uh, This American Life gets contacted by someone from yeah. this tiny little town in Alabama because Alabama. someone, because someone ha- there's been a murder. That's yeah. where it begins. But then it just yeah. blows your mind then from it that just, point on. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I have. I think we should talk about this a bit more off air because sure. I feel like I need to talk to someone because I've literally just finished it an hour ago. Oh, really? Oh, I you'd be a mess. I need to see a brief. I was <laughs> yeah, crying. I was I driving around the city lost trying to work out how to get into oh. um, the convention centre 
crying listening <laughs> to it. That's already like really distressing. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just walking the dog the the last episode and, and I was like, oh my God. I yeah. Think I just ne- yeah, I need to debrief with someone. Oh, that's amazing. We can do it after this. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> okay. So back to comedy. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, we were meant to talk about comedy. What, what yeah. are your questions? <laughs> okay. So my question is. Yeah. At what At what point did you go from being like a a music covers group that had a, a some comedy elements? Yeah. To then deciding that you wanted to to be more of the comedy rather than the, you know, the other well, thing. I mean, I'll put that down almost entirely to geography. We live in Melbourne. We've had, we have this festival. Yeah. Um, and I was working at a, um, I was working at a, a theatre at the time. We were programming a comedy festival um, program, and there was a gap in one of the smaller rooms. And I said, "Oh, I've got this band. Maybe I'll we could do an hour. That'd be easy." I mean, we were doing two one-hour sets at pubs up to that point, so that yeah. wasn't. You know, comedians come the other way. They're like, oh, I've got 15 minutes. Oh, next year I'm hoping to have half an hour. And, you know, then I'll be ready. Yeah. Year after that I'll be ready. We were, we were the <laughs> other way around. Um, That's cool. Yeah, but we didn't know what we were getting into. So, we, we, yeah, so we signed up to do this, this show and it, it was fun because we had a show because we'd been playing this thing for a while and kind of um, it was at that point we started showing up in comedy lineups and, and meeting comedians and being really thought of or branded in that space and so we were kind of playing catch up in a way of going oh shit you know okay. we better we better write some jokes here and yeah. re- you know started to um really look at what the hell we'd f- fallen into and who was good and why were they good and w- what have we got to say and you know um who can we copy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did you find someone to copy <laughs> well, Lena, for me, it was Lena Woodley. Their, their show, yeah. their show, curtains was uh, it just blew my mind. It was it was really so simple, you know. It all just came clear to me. It was just that thing of like, well, here's a really uptight dude, yeah, and here's a total moron, and they yeah. sh- and they shit each other the whole time. I mean, you know, yeah. it's ancient, you but know? they're both very endearing. Ah, oh, so great, absolutely, yeah. really charming, and but it, it was just so elemental for me. It really, yeah. it felt like that status thing was a way, the way to go for us. And so we did, we're doing a lot of sketches and bickering and stop the song and it became really sketchy and, and comedy-ish for a long, long time, for years. Until yeah. we kind of relaxed a little bit with the letting the songs just be songs sort of side of it and really trying to care for the music and nurture that side of it, which came in later, you know. Um, okay. Yeah, so we kind of we've been the needle's been kind of waving from one end to the other the whole time in terms of music and comedy. It, it sort of yeah. it varies for us, but you know the, there is the holy grail is this is this thing where you can be good at both, where you can where, where you don't have to compromise one for the other. I'm rambling a bit, aren't I? Am I rambling? No, I ramble no, you're not. <laughs> Are you obsessing? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I I totally agree, and I I quite often um, watch and listen to you guys. Like when I have seen you guys live, it's quite an amazing thing to watch because I think all three of you. I mean, first of all, I think all three of you are very funny in real life as well as in your stage characters Thanks. or whatever. Yeah. Whatever I don't know if you if it's a character. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, um, but also I think the three of you 
um, are really brilliant singers. And, and I think that's sort of, sometimes I think that's half the battle is if you can perform live yeah. and if you're engaging yeah. Yeah. live, then like you could almost really be saying anything and people would be into it already. Yeah, um, that's like what I was saying about those gigs early on in our career because the singing was working. We could get away with stuff around. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's really cool. But then on top of that, like the three of you being very funny anyway. And also I think, yeah, that thing you were saying about Lena and Woodley, like making fun of each other yeah. is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I, it's probably not meant to be. My mum always says, you know, you shouldn't laugh at other people's expense, but... It is really funny. It is funny. <laughs> Sometimes. It's funny because people see themselves in it. That's like talking about vulnerability, yeah. you know? Like Yeah, totally. It's like, yeah. I do that. Oh, you know, that's yeah. all it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys ever decide who is going to be the brunt of the joke? Um, yeah. Uh, look, it's, you know, look, there's, there's two sort of average looking dudes and a funny looking dude in our band, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you can default to giving him a hard time because he's a bit smaller as well and he plays it really well and he plays that kind he of does play beautiful it well. alien kind of, you know, kind of man out of time vibe that he's got going on. Um, yeah. So that's the easy route. We do that a lot, but sometimes that can get a bit repetitive. So that sort of sets you up for being able to, have someone else cop it you know that yeah. makes that more surprising or fun you know i don't know yeah yeah it actually just sort of comes from from what happens in rehearsal really those those sketchy bits where we're having a go and and we're, where we're doing kind of um taking the piss out of each other yeah. often just come out of uh, improvised just us talking in the in the in rehearsal so then we all yeah. get a bit of we all get bit of the you know punishment stick well you all know each other so well too that it's probably easier to make yeah. fun of each other's weaknesses <laughs> yeah it is but it also there's a line a little bit too like because it's an it's a long time i think any of the guys would mind me saying it's a long-standing very intense relationship and patterns and oh, yeah. sensitivities yeah. build up in that time yeah, of course. the yeah. buttons that you know are there but if you pressed on stage that would be oh, yeah. pretty uncool, right? So, you know, every yeah. now and again, yeah, someone would yeah. be like, what the fuck did you mean by saying that? I'd say, it's like, what? what? What are you talking about? I didn't know. What did I say? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's natural, especially if it is that kind of like making fun of each other thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, for one, am terrible at taking shit. And I don't yeah. know, like, I, I know that about myself. Like, I'm... I, yeah. I... But I also, I don't tease other people very much because I know that I don't like it. Yeah, right. So I'll, I, I try and only tease people in a friendly way where I, I know it's not going to run very deep. Rather than just have a um, go, yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I know that about myself. So I feel like I would be terrible in a group like Tripod. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, what do you mean? After every... <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, uh, you'd maybe be right. Not, you'd find a spot. <laughs> <laughs> you'd find a spot. Far too sensitive. We like. We Far like. too sensitive and obsessive. Yeah, well, that's the way. <laughs> we've already got one of those, I'm afraid. In fact, we've got three of them. <laughs> 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 we quite like 
doing shows with like a fourth person these days. Have you noticed? Like, there's been heaps of them. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Cool. So you had you had Alana in the um the dragon one. Tripod versus the dragon, with Alana. We toured that. We toured that for a couple yeah. of years. That was an amazing experience. And then, um, we did the acapella show with Eddie Perfect. Yep, I got to see that one. And then we did the. That was great. That was that was fun. And and then we did the um the show with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, in which there was kind of was a fourth person, which was Austin, the the orchestrator and conductor. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. How was that playing with the orchestra? Oh, did you do man. your like comedic songs? Yeah. Yeah. We wrote a new show for it. Like there'd been talk oh. of doing one earlier in our careers, but we'd been kind of stubborn about it. Like the, the, those songs, we're like, no, those songs really aren't written for an orchestra can't see how that would work and so we kind of let it go a little bit and then um the opportunity came back around but we we were pretty clear that we wanted to write a new show for it you know yeah um which was ended up being about our sort of gaming love our our our, the the aspect of our friendship that revolves around gaming you know so ultimately always bringing it back to to human to humanity to our relationships not about the games yeah 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 um about friendships and and you know the kind of stuff that goes on, um, yeah. but the the game's just a door into it, you know, um, and that was an amazing experience. And it really lent, as a topic, it really lends itself because of the, the the sort of epic nature of what can you know the, the stories that are being told. Was it a like a narrative story? It had a stealth narrative. It was like a, it was like a bunch of songs on a topic, um, but. There were a couple of kinds of narratives. One, you know, musically there was a there was a journey going on there, um, of just pure dynamics. Um, but se- secondly, it was our three establishing our three characters, what games we're into, being a being an illustration of the kind of person we are, and then yeah. and then having a fight <laughs> two thirds yeah, of right. the way through. <laughs> And then, that sounds great. That was one of the many shows I didn't get to see because I was touring. Yeah, right. And yeah, well, it also it only has played a couple of cities. It's only played Melbourne and, and Adelaide because getting an orchestra, right. getting an orchestra to want to do your show. I mean, it's costly for them. You can understand why they yeah. can be a bit gun shy. Um, yeah. So hopefully we'll you know get some other chances to play it. I think we're playing it in Tasmania later in the year. Oh, great. Yeah, but it'd be great to go up north as well. We'll see. Yeah, come to Briz. Yeah. I'll probably be away, but <laughs> we also dream of doing a recording of it. Oh, we really yeah. dream of doing a recording of it too, but that that's would be also wonderful. hard. It's really hard, but Austin, who logistically hard, well, getting you know expensive and all that, but Austin, who yeah. orchestrated it, who's an amazing Grammy-winning, um, or is it BAFTA? One of those, you know, uh, he he scores games. He's amazing, and wow. he's constantly in. Um, in recording studios with orchestras so he's, he's always saying to us oh look if i get a spare four or five hours with these guys you know if we finish early we'll, we'll do a recording of your show you know that kind of thing it's like wow. oh my god can you imagine even just the That's taste amazing. the taste we got of that i guess i'm going to say luxury of of, of the beautiful room with the gorgeous acoustics with 70 people in it you know yeah. who are just absolutely cream of the crop on their instrument you know, it's wow. it's a stunning. So just it's, the sensation is just stunning. Yeah, 
Did um is that who got you into doing the Assassin's Creed yeah. music? Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell yes. me about that. So Austin, so straight after um the MSO show we did with Austin, he's he got this gig during the the MSO um, show was that he was scoring the next Assassin's Creed, which is obviously those who don't know it's a massive um, video game franchise and um it was set in Victorian London like Dickensian times and, and it was kind of a, a, a you know a very bloody tale and the idea was that as you walked around the city through this through London if you went into bars you would hear songs being sung of your exploits right murder ballads and or you mm. might you might hear drunks on the street singing or you know church choirs or what, whatever it is right but but there's these songs are part of the kind of fabric of the of the city and mm. um so Austin came to us straight after the thing and said, do you want to write some um, lyrics for these? I'll write the tunes. And we were obviously right into it, being quite into songwriting and video games. And um, so then Austin, he was super busy with the actual score. So eventually it came out, he sort of said, oh, guys, can you guys get the ball rolling on the tunes? I'm like, sweet, I'd actually prefer to do that. It's, it's much easier. It's easier I've to write. I've already written them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's just easier to write lyrics to I've been your writing own this tunes. my whole life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. So we just got to dive into like Dickensian stuff and like go nuts about Sweeney Todd and, you know, stuff like that. Try and find a, a balance between songs we would write and songs you would hear in that world at that time, you know. And it was hopefully a slightly heightened, slightly contemporary-ish version of that. Um yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing fun. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and that's awesome. I would love to hear that stuff. Yeah, and the first. Can you hear it anywhere? Yeah, well, you can hear game? it. No, you can hear. Well, the closing credits of video game. <laughs> so, you, and you don't even have to play all the way through. Actually, um, <laughs> you can go play the video game and go on a murder spree and then go to a gig and then you'll hear. You know, that, that's one <laughs> other way. Or you can go if you want versions of the songs done by randoms across the world, you can go to YouTube. So there's like... Really? Yeah, there's a few versions, a few of the songs, not all of them, but a few of them got versions done of them by just enthusiasts. So... That's amazing. One of them's got this amazing kind of dude who's doing this multi-track Spanish guitar flamenco thing, which is just nuts. And it sounds amazing. And it's one of the songs we wrote. Um, And this Russian sort of... Act pop slash acapella group, real real polished video, have translated one of the songs into Russian and are doing this thing, this really somber murder ballad in Russian for Christ's sake. Um, That's crazy, isn't it? And, and it sounds great. <laughs> it sounds awesome in Russian. Um, so a few of those, like not a nuts amount. Like it's, it wasn't like it didn't set the world on fire, but enough to enough to be really kind of exciting. Well, I guess those those games are just huge yeah. everywhere, aren't they? Well, Assassin, that Assassin's Creed was the lowest selling Assassin's Creed ever, but but oh. you know, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I won't I won't obsess about that. It's probably still way more than we can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. In comparison, yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot. But they were bloody, they were great to work with. They briefed us really intensely, right? That's a, that's a difference. They briefed the shit out of it. They made sure we knew yeah. everything up front. And then at the other end, they were like, sweet, that's awesome. 
Like there was no notes or wow. anything. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. What a relief after yeah. putting all that effort in. Totally, totally. <laughs> it was a super exciting time, yeah. So you've done other music for um, like cartoons and stuff too, haven't you? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, oh, we work for the um, Bogan um, who do um, stuff for the Cartoon Network a few few years ago and that was great yeah. fun that was great i kind of just want to do that now i think tripod are all in in um agreement i think that what we really love doing is writing songs that fit into a story that have a kind of yeah. narrative function you know like and or tell yeah. you know to a brief kind of thing that is so fun and it's such a great you're kind of exercising those songwriting muscles in a way that we we all really enjoy, and so the cartoon stuff was awesome for that. You know, we we were, do, we were doing theme songs and and you know narrative songs that fit within you know stories and yeah, it was it was good. That's I want cool. I definitely want to do more of it. I don't know how much opportunity there is. Basically, we worked yeah. on, we worked on these series enough to get them picked up by the Cartoon Network, who always then sacked us. <laughs> <laughs> Because your mate, Mark Mothersbaugh, because your fucking mate, Mark Mothersbaugh, <laughs> runs... He gets everything. He gets everything, <laughs> motherfucker. He's just, he's got more synthesizers. He's than got him. more That's synthesizers the than thing, isn't it? <laughs> I wonder how many of his synthesizers he actually uses for soundtrack stuff. He probably just has like one favourite yeah. and then uses all plugins. He's, he's got a go-to <laughs> patch, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. But surely there's um, I'm sure sure there's more work that needs to be done in Australia. That I you, hope so. You wouldn't have the well, I don't know monopoly. I don't know. I mean, the phone hasn't rung for a while. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So you want to get into doing yeah, some more of it? Yeah, it's that. really fun that kind of thing, and 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 we enjoy it a lot. Um, yeah, well, you've always been good at making up songs on the spot too, like making up songs quickly to things yeah. that you're given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. We used to do that thing on Triple um, J, which was like, that's what it was. The, 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 the listeners would call in. They would try and stump us with a whole bunch of topics that didn't fit together, and our job was to write a coherent song in an hour. I love that. Yeah, that with harmonies really and stuff. Funny. That's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You get away with a lot. You know, the hour is really when you think about it. There's impro groups that are doing that on the spot in front of you. Yeah. But that's true. We sort of hoped that with an hour we could afford, we could have a bit of time to get some sweet harmonies going and make it kind of work. You know, yeah. musically as well, I, I guess. And 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 so. Yeah, anyway, and you did. It. Yeah, it was really it was, fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Should do more of that stuff. But that was boot camp. That was like training, songwriting training. Like the things we learned yeah. from that process. No, you you can't simulate. You now have to go on national radio and sing this. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. have an hour. End of story. No ifs, yeah. ands, or buts. So that I really. I hate it when um Triple J is always. I remember the first couple of times uh, that you know my my first band second and got interviewed on yeah. Triple J. I remember that I think the first time some someone said to us. So there's probably like maybe about three million people listening to this show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Why would you say that? In fr- <laughs> but you do sort of have that in the back of your mind when you're on national radio, don't you? Totally. Oh, not at that I... time in the morning though. I mean, we were just panicking. Yeah. <laughs> we were, it was just panic. We didn't have time to think about abstract concepts like other people. Yeah, listening. right. Yeah, I always think that it's it's different when like on um, 
you know, on, on local radio. And I know you, you have a show on, on Triple R, is yeah. that right? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, on, chi- on Tuesday wh- night, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's your show called? It's called Superfluidity. I do it with uh, aforementioned Casey Bonetto uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Christos Chalkas, the writer. And we um, talk shit. And, and Clem Basto, who's just joined this year, this um, last oh. sort of eight months or so, who is amazing. Um, so we, um, yeah, we just, pl- well, it's the concept is that a listener suggests a, a, a song to start with and then we just ra- we just go around the circle, not knowing who's going to play, like, you know, not knowing what's coming up sort of thing. It's not planned. We just go, we come yeah. up with links to the next song, like... Oh, that song had congas in it, so I'm going to play something with congas in it. Or that song was my ex-girlfriend's favourite song, so I'm going to play my wife's favourite song. Or, you know, whatever. Like, whatever That's the link awesome. is. And you, yeah. you go for two hours doing that, and it's awesome. You're just, you're just talking and shit. And you explain mm. the link. Yeah, explain the link and, and whatever other conversation that sparks. You haven't been on yet, Saya. This is a, I know. This is a crime. This is, an, <laughs> this is another thing I always miss because I... I'm not in the same town at the same time. Well, it, um, it must happen. <laughs> yeah, it will happen. <laughs> Good. It will happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was going to say, it's uh, it's not really something I ever think about when I'm on local radio. Sure. Because I yeah. always presume there's, you know, there's probably like 10 people listening. Well, that's in right. In reality, yeah, yeah. it's it's probably not the case. I, well, you know, I'm sure there'd be way more people than 10, but you never know. Well, when we do giveaways, um, I'm always pleased if the phone rings at all, you know, because not yeah. only are <laughs> yeah. people interested, but there's some people, someone's listening. Yay. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> I remember doing an interview very early on, very early on, we were doing like some very local radio station and, and we was, we were just started. So we, we weren't really experienced enough to like plug the gig. So um, yeah. to, to mention where and when we were playing, and so our, our manager went to a, maybe it was a payphone, might have been, let's say it was before mobile phones, let's just paint a picture, went to a payphone <laughs> okay. and called in as a listener, putting on an old person's voice because it was a, a station for the elderly, saying, oh, these guys sound lovely, where and when are they playing? And the person who took the call literally did run into the studio and go, someone's listening. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> I've been wanting to ask you, when you do call outs on the podcast, yeah. do people respond to those? Oh, in their droves, by the millions. Um, <laughs> no, what do you mean, Paul? What do you mean? Call well, you like know, like say, when you go, like, can you tweet, can you tweet us your idea for this? Or there's a like, few people. There's the same few yeah. people. It's the same on. It's the yeah. same on local radio. It's like, you know, thank God for the sort of five to ten people who are always the same five to ten people who yeah. are quite happy to be part of the conversation. That's that's you know. So yeah. thank God for the, them. The other obsessives. Yes. In the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. We've got to band together. We've got to look out for each other, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've thought about tweeting Tripod Actual during, like, while I'm listening. But I quite often listen while I'm riding my bike, which is probably illegal. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. um, I do that too. You can't can't type and ride at the same time. No, that's way out. (laughs) You deserve whatever's coming to you if you do that. (laughs) Um, When was the last time you played Dungeons and Dragons? Dungeons and Dragons? Um, I played D&D on the weekend. Really? Um, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's way, way more recent than I thought you were going to say. I adore that game. I still do to this day. It is so fun. It's so fun. It's. Are you always the dungeon master? No, no, because it's quite a bit of work to be the dungeon master, and yeah, and so and we've all got kids and stuff, so we we rotate, which is in in itself another little interesting sub game is 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 uh-huh. co DMing with someone else, and when they're playing, you want them to not know what's coming up, so they can have oh. a good time, but. You know, when you hand over, you kind of also need to be able to communicate to each other, oh, I kind of want this to be the situation for the sake of the story. So how do you collaborate with someone on a story without necessarily telling each other the story? It's fun, that that side of it. We're doing a bit of that now. Do you have notes and stuff when yeah. you're a dungeon master? Yeah, yeah. totally. And totally. so you, you would pass those notes on to the... Next Not question. necessarily. It's just more a general thing of the world. Like in the world we're working on now, there's this. No, oh, no, look, I won't bore it. I won't bore you with it. But it's just like. No, mate, I'm excited. I want to hear it. I'm really interested. <laughs> okay. All right. How do I make this uh, concise? Tell tell me in thirty seconds. Okay. They live in a world where magic is privatized, unbeknownst to the general population. It's been. It's it's considered to be owned by these really super powerful people who kind of live in the middle, right? Yeah. Thin metaphor, sure, but there it is. And <laughs> if you cast spells, you know, things come and get you, try and assassinate you and shit, and you get caught up in this yeah. whole plot of, like, what's going on? Um, who's doing this? Why? You know? Um, so that's meant to be interesting to the characters, right? So the, the story starts... It sort of starts with three of them, someone trying to assassinate them, and they have to work out why. Um, so that's the story from my point of view. But then when I hand it over to him, I don't want to say all that necessarily yeah. because I want him to be able to find it out. So I have to say things like, you know, magic would be used in this way, you know, or, or stay oh. clear of doing this because I kind of want to take care of that bit. Or do you know what I mean? Like just generally sort of trying to talk in very general yeah. terms. And it's also like the macro, which is what I just told you, the big umbrella scenario, you know, of yeah. the world compared to what's next for the characters. And that, there's a lot more yeah, room there. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're in this cave and we want to sort of infiltrate this circus, but how are we going to do that? Or And so I'd be, you know, yeah. we could have that conversation because I'll be like, we'd sit down at Bang Bangs on High Street and I'll be like, I think they're, you know, what do you think they're going to want to do next? And he'll be like, I think they're going to want to do this and this. And I'm like, sweet, you take care of the circus, I'll take care of the cave or whatever, you know, like That's so amazing. we can, you know, we can kind of, but it all comes from the characters, like the players, what are they going to want to do, you know? Yeah. How many people do you play with? Too many for people who are parents. <laughs> Too many. There's six of us. I don't truly understand my only Dungeons and Dragons experience, and and you know this, is <laughs> after I saw your your show, your Dungeons and Dragons tripod show. Yeah. Um, yeah. We you just the four of us, just you, Yoni, Gatesy, and I went to my house and and did like a ghetto Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> who who needs to be invited um, into the cocaine room? Who needs it? <laughs> No, not us, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to say, and I I know I've said this to you before, but I think that is like one of the funniest. I've never laughed so much in my life. It was so much fun. It was so funny. And it was, and I remember like we started after the show, so it would have been maybe like 11 p.m. Mm. 
And then the next time I looked at my watch, it was like four in the morning. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> we were all like, fuck. It's so fun. What happened? So it's like, it just for so listeners, it's a, it's a storytelling game, right? As you can probably tell, right? Yes. So, you know, one person kind of is the, is the um, facilitator, I guess, of yep. the story. And the other three are like, well, I'm going to try this. And I'm going to do this. And what's over here? And I look yeah. under this. And and, um, and then you roll a die yeah, to see if to you, what in, uh, to what power you can do the thing that yeah. you are that's, trying to do. Yeah, that's right. And whether you succeed or fail. And the dice yeah. is so important, such an important part of it. Um, yeah. It's so much fun. And that was really fun. I'm that pretty one. sure my, also my main memory of that is that I kept rolling ones and I yeah. was like, you every suck. time I tried to do anything, <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah. no, yeah. you're underneath, you're under the cart now and you're, you've lost an arm. <laughs> you sucked until the end and then you just triumphed massively, as I recall. <laughs> It was like a careening, really wasn't recall. it? It was like a careening um, wagon train or something. Yeah. It was like a train that was out of control or whatever. Yeah. And there was I some like running battle. I felt like it was a circus wagon. I don't Maybe know. Maybe it was something circus It's probably not like that circuses. interesting for everyone. <laughs> 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 I do remember that Gatesy kept going berserk because his character was a berserker. He was a berserker. He didn't have great yeah. timing, as I recall. It was like, yeah. now's not the time, dude. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. But this is like telling people, you you know, your fun D&D stories is about as interesting yeah. to people as telling them your dreams. It's like the same thing. Yeah. It was like, it was so cool. And people are like, dude, yeah. you know, come on. <laughs> you were sitting around a table. Uh, speaking, I did have a really weird dream the other night, which I feel like I need to tell you now yeah. because we've already told that Dungeons and Dragons. Do it. Do it. So I had this, it's a very short one. I had this dream <laughs> that I was trying to do a push-up, like yeah. a proper push-up. Yeah. But I had lying on my back, so like facing back to back, but yeah. we were both clothed. Like Paul Kelly was lying on my back. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, you... and I was really struggling to do the push-up. <laughs> wow. Do you feel like Paul yeah. Kelly has been an impediment to your music career? Is that, is, that, no. is that what's going on? Is it making it hard for you? No. No, I don't know what that was about. <laughs> is it the pressure of being as good as Paul Kelly? Probably. Yeah, it could be that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Done. Solved. Anyway. You are now better. All right. Great. Great. <laughs> I was like, I woke up and I was like, the fuck? Good work, subconscious. <laughs> what the hell was that about? <laughs> so yeah. I would like to ask you the question that I ask everybody okay. in my podcast. Tell me your worst show or just the strangest thing that's happened to you because you're a comedian slash musician <laughs> um gee i don't know i i feel a bit of pressure because i listen to, you know i listen to your podcast <laughs> a lot yeah. i love it it's awesome well, i um, listen to your podcast <laughs> <laughs> so like i'm a bit weighed down by like it's like i'm trying to do push-ups and paul kelly's on my back because like i'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking what, maybe it's what, all about the podcast maybe up. it's maybe like it's... i'm really struggling like with <laughs> my confidence. And Didn't we work it out? Didn't we work this out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Fair. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Okay. We talked about it. Uh, no, it was me that brought it back up. My, my fault. Um, <laughs> all right. So I'll talk about this one because this was just an amazing experience. Just an amazing experience. We, we did the Edinburgh Festival um, a bunch of times ago with Tripod versus the Dragon, which we talked yep. about with Alana Stone. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we tanked our asses off at Edinburgh. Like, you're two weeks in and you, your tickets are still on the half-price board, right? Like, that's depressing okay. shit, man. That's like, it's hard. Why, 
So is it just because there's so many shows happening that you never you never really know how it's going to go? Yeah. Like if you're not hyped, you don't do Look, super you well can or? put it down to so many different things. Yeah. You know, there is heaps of competition. There is a lot of luck, time slot, this, that, the space. Is it working? Is it not working? Are you eating well? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Are you drinking enough water? Who's to say? I mean, we've had good ones and yeah. bad ones. You know, it's hard when you're in yeah. it, but afterwards you're just like... See, the upside is, and this has been Edinburgh for us a lot, is that this show really tightens up. Like, it, yeah. you know, you can come back and you can do any room you want because you've just had yeah. your ass kicked. You've just been through the yeah. seven circles of hell. Like, <laughs> whatever, man, bring it. Yeah. So that's good. That's the upside, right? Um, so how many shows are you doing there? Oh, you're doing, um, I think it's seven a week. I think you get a day off and you're doing two on one of the other days, maybe. Something like that. Anyway, and it's how a man, lot. How many oh, no, weeks? no, it's not that. It's seven a week with no days off, but then you get like one day off in the middle of the festival. So you end up doing, Ugh. you know, 28 shows or something like that. Whatever it oh is. Oh, my God. Um, which by, if by the 12th show you know you're going down in flames, <laughs> it's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. so we do that. We come home. Yep. You know, it's sucked but it's fine whatever and then we get a call from this guy who's booking and it's one of those calls you're like is this for real this guy's booking a polish festival of roughly translated music in theater or music in storytelling uh, in this uh-huh. t- little town called Wroclaw, which i mean i've never been anywhere in europe and so that's the place i'm i'm now going to go wow. Wroclaw, poland and we're like and our manager literally's like this is his classic question he's like why would you do this? <laughs> like, why would you? How could you not do this? Come on, dude. A lot of work for him. So, all, you know, for not a lot yeah. of cash. So, you know, all, all respect. But um, as if you're going to not do it. So we, we, we do it and it's, you know, heaps technical with all visas and stuff. Um, and the, this is, uh, by the way, this is the umbrella. It's not like one particular moment, but just I'm just painting you a picture of this full experience, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And... I'm so I'm on the phone saying I talking to someone saying I'm going to leave because we got all our itineraries in Polish and stuff and all my bags are packed in the morning. I'm here in Melbourne, talking to someone on the phone, just glancing over my itinerary because I'm going to leave that night. And that's the point at which I realised that I've not caught the plane. In fact, that it left four hours ago and that I'm <gasps> nowhere to be seen. Right? Oh my god! And <laughs> like the whole world. <laughs> just go down to this one number on your screen you know you know that feeling yeah that yes um anyway thanks thank god to it was gonna look it was gonna cost me like five grand to get there or something and i was like i'm gonna have to i can't let everyone down i've got to go anyway thank christ stage and screen who are uh, kind of a booking uh, entertainment booking agent yeah went the extra mile and saved me from divorce there and i got there (laughs) and luckily at the other end they'd built they'd built a lot of fat into the schedule. So in fact, I just had missed like a day of vodka drinking with the oh, staff of the festival. So that's fine. So, the, the, you know, I didn't get that, but whatever. And um, they put us in, right, to, and this is arts in Europe compared to here, right? It was like a 200-seat theatre. It was for one yeah. show. It was um, as deep as an opera stage, as wide as an opera stage, but this tiny little audience... You know, so just yeah, a beautiful wow. kind of thing, right? Um, 
and you know heaps of staff and all these people sort of keen and we, we flew over a stage manager from England to do it who'd done it in, with us in Edinburgh um, and for one performance for one performance in this festival wow yeah and it was insane and, and, and obviously we speak English and it's not you know widely spoken there or certainly not first language yeah. and, and so in advance part of it it was that they were like please forward us your script and we'll translate it right so <laughs> we were doing a comedy show with a lot of re- you know pretty local kind of references yeah translated into Polish above us you know as we performed this story and I, and I remember thinking well h- how is this going to go we have to do this if only to find out how it works you know in the sense that if you took all the comedy away, would this story still work? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like assuming that yeah. they're not going to get any of the jokes. So are they going to yeah. dig the music and are they going to dig the story, right? And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. But then you get there and we, these women, these people had translated this our script and I saw it in Polish. And, of course, the word dragon in Polish is, like, even cooler than the word dragon. Like, it's like... Do you remember drag, what it is? It's like dragosk or something. Yeah. <laughs> What is it in German? Drachen. Oh, see, that's even, that's cooler, isn't it? That's cooler than dragon. <laughs> that's awesome. It's very like in the in your throat, like glutteral. Drachen. Yeah. <laughs> Drachen. Yeah, it's awesome. You can really see this thing, and and same yeah. in Polish, right? And so and so, I thought, oh, we'll be we're going to be fine. It's not like they don't have stories about dragons here. They came from here, right? And yeah, um, yeah. and yeah, they dug it, man. And they were like, and then we were they were laughing weird time the timing was weird a lot of the time like sometimes they would laugh on the joke sometimes they would laugh before (laughs) the joke and we realized they were reading the sub you know like they were laughing at the sub they were reading ahead yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so what so there was a screen with the subtitles yeah, like at an opera, at the opera, they were projecting wow. the subtitles. Oh yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, and That's it was amazing. It was amazing, man, and we, you know, it gave us a free oh. gag too, because at one point we got all mixed up, or you know, pretended to, or whatever, and, and in order to work out where in the play we were up to, we got to go out and look at the screen and go back on stage again. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> And then at the end, they, were, they, they dug it, but at the end was like this regimental applause, like, oh. along with the closing song, but just really tight and really loud. And wow. it was this really kind of stern way of showing their, that, that they'd enjoyed the show. You know? Wow. I love yeah, it. it really and it funny. all started with you missing the flight. And yeah. It, was all gonna... <laughs> yeah. it all started up with us crashing and burning in Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, yeah. so you never know. You never know. Saya, that's the no. lesson. Gosh, the, the, the ups and downs of being in this kind of industry oh, are really intense, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. One of the turning point gigs of our career, we were, we were doing warm-up at the Arias and yeah. years, years and years and years ago. And um, the, um, we were sucking so hard. We didn't really know the, what the gig was and we weren't a good fit for it. And so we had all these brackets and I think by the like sixth or seventh bracket, we were walking up on stage to warm up these, you know, the entertainment industry. So it was yeah. mortifying. <laughs> and as we're walking up on stage, American Rosso, like, was saluting and, and, and whistling, like, the last post or whatever, you know, like, oh, we're get, like yeah. at a funeral or whatever. Like, <laughs> we were just that dead. And we, for some reason, the stars aligned and we got, and we, we got them on the very last song. I think it's because we pulled out some stupid breakdancing moves. 
And <laughs> so at the end of this awful, awful gig that ended on an uptick, we got... Um, it, that was when we first met Ted Robinson, who was pr- produced the big gig and produced Skid uh, oh, uh, wow. Sideshow and, um, so and who obviously good who produced Good Newsweek. And, yeah. yeah. Um, so we ended up doing lots of telly with, 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 with Ted after that. So you That's never great. know. You never, you never know. know. You never know who's in the audience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How many times have you heard that one? Turns out it's true. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, it kind of is. It is true. Hey, thank you so much for being on my potty. What a pleasure. I feel bad because now I don't get to like be on your podcast again anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like I've been looking forward to it and now again. it's over. Oh, when you run out of guests. Which will be Maybe never, I can be on the tripod podcast. <laughs> you've never had like another person on the tripod podcast. That would be weird if I was We just did. Like, hey, we we hey did guys. that. We had Paul McDermott. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. 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 Which but I don't a, have like a professional relationship with you guys, really. What do you mean? Like, I, as in, like, people would be like, who's this and why is she on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, that dream's not going to come to fruition, is it? Never mind. We'll always have D&D. Um, well, I, I think that maybe I can get you to do some more drawings for the podcast because you've yes, done one of, one of the artworks for my first ever one. Yeah, um, was, you drew the picture honor. of Quan. Yeah, um, And it was amazing and I'm so grateful. So I would love for you to do some more of those. I love them. I love doing them. Yay. And, I, and I'm newly unemployed as far as drawing's concerned. I just finished <laughs> I just finished a four book series that I handed in today. So Wow. I'm now I'm I'm looking I've got an itchy pen now. I'm looking for another itchy project. pen. Yeah. Well I I love your drawings and I wish we had talked a little bit more about that. But well maybe we you maybe you can come back on and we can talk some more there about you go. your drawing. With a different hat on. Yeah. That's that's my in, that's my loophole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for talking to me, Scott. See you, Saya.